Balancing the bottom line, cutting costs, maintaining good services even during crises, having observably good values, all the while maintaining that vital quality of reputation. Now, that's the tricky dance successful companies need to navigate these days and all on very public display. The question is, is Qantas managing that balancing act at the moment? This company is one of the core institutions of Australian life, you could say, just like its high-profile CEO, Alan Joyce, seems to be. This week, he announced a larger-than-expected loss of $1.9 billion, though his share price went up. So that's not exactly straightforward. In Mr Joyce's typically feisty way, he also bluntly warned travellers that this coming school holiday season would see high affairs amidst valiant efforts to alleviate customer complaints. But there have also been headlines warning him about brand damage to Qantas over how it did tackle COVID, with the vital business constituency showing unusual criticism. Well, Tony Boyd writes the respected Chanticleer column in the Australian Financial Review and is one of the financial writers charting those complaints. I welcome him now to the program to offer some interpretation for us. Welcome. Thank you, Geraldine. Nice to be on your program. What's going on with Qantas? Because there are mixed signals. Is it in healthy shape or is it heading for some real problems in your judgment? Well, um, ironically, its balance sheet is actually very strong and that's why Alan Joyce was able to announce a $400 million buyback, which is uh, a gift, I suppose, to the shareholders. It underpins the share price. I did wonder uh, why he would do that when, you know, airlines are incredibly capital intensive and so he's probably going to have to raise capital at some time in the next couple of years to buy more aircraft. But also I thought it sent the wrong signal to the employees and customers in the sense that he was um, rewarding uh, the shareholders um, at a time when employees are still suffering because the most that they're going to get in any pay rise is 2%. Um, and there is, I mean, there's rumbling industrial action, isn't there, uh, with the engineers um, and the ABC has been reporting that. And, I mean, there seems to be, this is the thing, there seems to be, but it may not be the case, rumbling industrial action <laughs> with Qantas over a, a long time. And it, I think you're suggesting in columns, and this is what I'm keen to get at, what you're being told, is about people in the business constituency saying, look, this is not good. This is not a good look. It's not something that helps Qantas. I just wonder if you could talk us through what your judgment is. Yes, well, I wrote an article last weekend which was specifically about the brand damage and I turned to a a very well-respected survey called RepTrack, which I know other Australian companies are are, are using this on on a monthly basis to determine how they're being perceived by customers. And um, Qantas was ranked number five and it's fallen to number 16. And um, one of the reasons is the perception that it's not looking after its staff well enough. Uh, This is a a sort of emotional side of this reputation tracking. Now, um, you could say that, that these sort of reputational surveys don't don't really mean much because people still are using Qantas. It still is uh, 80% market share. It is the dominant carrier 
in Australia. But that reputation of not looking after staff probably comes through from years and years of, of Alan Joyce uh, having, I suppose, because of the economics of aviation, to be the hard man of uh, aviation, the man who will uh, slash the costs to, to keep the airline afloat, as he did in 2011. And the question is, has, has he now established a reputation where people think perhaps he's, he's gone too hard? And um, one example might be the baggage handlers, which mm. our own courts have found was illegal. But this is what's so interesting is, you know, I, I did read your column and you basically said that, and you were doing an anecdotal evidence from people who do spend the money where it is where Qantas makes its profit in the business community, business travellers. Uh, and they were starting to, they were starting to say, oh, we don't really like the look of this sort of CFO types and people who have to book travel for their employees. And they were, what was really disturbing, I thought, for uh, Alan Joyce was that they were starting to compare and contrast um, travelling with other airlines on, say, business class uh, and thinking about changing their their custom. Now, that would really affect him and I wondered how strongly you felt these whinges were coming from um, the very people whom he would have thought he'd, he'd have on side. Well, yes, I thought those criticisms were very significant for two reasons. Uh, first of all, the CEOs hold the purse strings of the corporate contracts, which are a very important part of Qantas's business. And if they're not happy, uh, that potentially could change. Um, the other thing is that they said to me that the airlines they're going to, Emirates, Qatar, Etihad, um, these are not publicly listed companies. They can offer a better price. They're not answerable to profit-driven shareholders. But I think it went beyond that. One uh, executive director of a major company said to me he went to New Zealand and uh, he got a, a very old shabby 737 Qantas on the way over, thought the service was terrible and then came back uh, on a, 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 a New Zealand flight, a 787, which he said was, uh, you know, incredibly uh, <laughs> different experience mm. and cheaper. So there's a... Um, that, that's that's probably a bit of a groundswell. Well, of course, that's what he would say in his defence, and he has been saying for years that I've been reporting, is that a lot of those and all of those companies you mentioned, their cost of capital is fundamentally different because it's backed up by their state one way and the other, whereas he has to fundamentally operate in the full open market and I think it's been recognised that he's extraordinarily successful in use of that capital. Well, he certainly has been anyway. Yes, although I wonder this time around, Geraldine, whether he's pushing it too hard um, to, to make those profits for shareholders. Our travel editor, Fiona Carruthers, wrote yesterday, Qantas is charging three times as much as Virgin for a one-way business class fare from Sydney to Melbourne at 6pm, which is a prime slot. Now, a price tag of $1,600 versus 479 is is a, a pretty stark choice. <laughs> sure is. But... Uh, this is actually the other interesting dynamic. Now, Virgin is owned by private equity, Bain Capital. Now, these are the guys who come in, they buy an airline off a receivership, it's got no debt anymore, they can uh, ramp up its profits and they quickly sell it. I just wonder if the Virgin uh, ownership, the, the 
the, the Bain Capital people are going to be smart enough to take this opportunity to build back their market share, which they've lost to Qantas over the years, particularly in corporate and government contracts. Virgin never got its share of uh, what, what should be its natural share of government contracts, which they all thought, always thought was a conspiracy. But, um, of course, they don't have the chairman's lounge. And I don't know if you're a member of that. I'm no, not. I'm not. Well, those who are say it's a wonderful uh, perk. Networking. The, yeah, well, but also, uh, you know, there's there's these privileges you get and that, um, you know, may play into why, uh, you know, corporates like Qantas. Well, uh, th- look, uh, he is saying um, that he is going, he's putting a lot of money and a whole lot of different um, efforts into internal staff because they they lost, as you say, I think they lost about nearly 2,000 staff and they're trying to build back and he's got tremendous problems with sickness. I think he's got a third of his pilots basically off at the moment um, because of, you know, the the various COVID-related restrictions. And he's desperately trying to hire staff in, as he says, a hot labour market. Now, um, can you see, and this is happening around the world, it has to be said, I suppose it's that question of whether he... um, um, is it possible he stayed, you know, just a little too long being this very ruthless and very effective uh, aviation leader? Well, yes, he's been there 14 years. He'd be the longest serving uh, major CEO of a major Australian company. I think he said that he wants to stay at least until the end of next year. Uh, at the moment, Geraldine, I think it's not about the money. It's, it's about him pre- preserving his legacy as, as one of the world's best aviation executives, the question is the circumstances are far more difficult than any other crisis he's faced. Uh, there is no immigration to suddenly fill. By the way, it wasn't. It was just 2,000 people who were baggage handlers left. The total loss of staff, including contractors, is about 10,000 people. Yes. Sorry, He's trying to right. hire 3,000 people at the moment. This is going to be uh, difficult. We can see it in every sector of the economy. There's people competing. And if if you're going to a, an airline, okay, it has wonderful perks and staff discounts, but if your pay rises are only 2% and inflation 6 he, he may struggle on that front. So can he get the people to, to get the airline working properly as he's promised to do by September? That's This is the next crucial three months. Yes, and, and look, he doesn't pay tax due to previous losses at producing tax credits. So Michael Pascoe, for instance, a final question to you, the financial commentator wrote in the New Daily yesterday that Qantas was Australia's biggest corporate welfare recipient given that the Morrison government had given it $1.2 billion in JobKeeper. Presumably that really did keep it going. Yes, it got a lot of money out of the government. Um, other uh, sectors of the economy didn't. For example, private hospitals got nothing. Um, yes, uh, the $400 million buyback is all being uh, financed through borrowings, um, which uh, interest on which is tax deductible. So, yeah, there's um, a uh, – uh, I suppose this airline is – is, is the iconic brand in Australia that, you know, we, we, we see people crying when they hear the songs about well, call Australia home. It's a huge, it's, it's a big pull on Australian emotions. It is. And so is that going to be enough, though, when you sit down and look at those differences in airfares, whether they're international or domestic, will you still choose Qantas or will Virgin really step up and turn this into uh, 
you know, a much more competitive business that, that makes Alan Joyce's job so much harder. Um, okay. Well, look, thank you very much indeed. Um, uh, it, it, it's one to watch and uh, he clearly en- he enjoys his job, I think. I don't think he wants to go. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks for, for joining us, Tony. Thank you, Geraldine. Tony Boyd, who's uh, the uh, AFR's uh, Chanticleer columnist. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.